Hey, you're listening to Stevie Loves You. I'm Stevie, and on this podcast, I interview creative entrepreneurs that I love about what motivates them, who inspires them, and how they got here. Hey, thanks for joining us again on the Stevie Loves You podcast. I'm Stevie, and I'm here joined by my beautiful co-host, Kelly Bosberg. Say hi, Kelly. Hello. And today, we are bringing you an interview from the wonderful Olivia from 350 Bake Shop. And sorry that it's been so long. Life keeps happening. It's funny how we have 10 episodes recorded. 10, 12? Wow, I don't know. We have we a lot do. of fucking You're episodes right. recorded. Yeah, we do. But the time it takes to edit each of those down to a digestible 30 plus record these beautiful new intros is taking a little longer than I anticipated. So It's part of the process, baby. It's part of the process. So thanks for being patient and joining us along on this ride. I promise to get the rest of these interviews out, even if it takes till the rest of my days. Yeah, so stick around. So get comfy. We don't know when the next (laughs) one's going to come, but while this one's here, come and enjoy it with us. What are some things that have been going on since we talked last, Kel? I mean, I mean, you and I have actually talked last, but since since the the public, you know, have heard from you, what are some things that have been going on, life? Figuring out some directions <laughs> in my own work and in my own art. I'm just focusing on a medium right now because I feel like I was getting so overwhelmed with trying to do so many things at once and then when I get like that I freeze up and then I don't do anything at all yeah so instead like because I've been able to like really hone in on the sketching my sketching skills have like jumped up yes they and have. it's not that I'm not doing mixed yeah. media because there's the sketches are still going to have bits and pieces of other mediums I just feel like I was trying to to do it all, like in all of the pieces. And I was almost like not allowing myself to edit down. But at least for right now or for this series or for the next however long, I'm going to literally just focus on this medium and just see where it goes. Very cool. I'm excited. It's been fun to watch. Also, since it's been a while, you have been doing some things. A lot of things have happened. Well, Nathan was in the hospital for a month. He's doing wonderful now. I also have a book collaboration project with Matthew Dean Stewart so coming excited. out. I've seen pieces of it, and it is literally the best of Matthew Dean and the best of Stevie. Thank just you. Melding together and giving you like this amazing feel good. It's amazing, really fun. Yeah, it's a really it's, fun it's project. A fun, it's a fun visual to just like let your eyes kind of wander around and experience and the pre-sale by the time this episode comes out i'm gonna just say that the pre-sale launch will be launched so go to queerdobook.com and get what you're copying queerdobook.com anything else we want to plug i'm gonna shout out the hidden brain podcast it's been one of my only podcasts that i consistently listen to and It is always so interesting. I just listened to two while I was driving down to Palm Springs the other day, and they were two of the best episodes I've heard in podcast history, perhaps. I need to check that out. It's really science-based. It's really interesting. I am all about it. Okay. Speaking of science, I watched a documentary. It's called The Farthest on Netflix, and it is both mind-blowing and emotional. And uh, it's a great, it's a really well-done documentary, The Farthest on Netflix. I love it. Well, those are some things that we love. If you have anything that you love that you just found, leave a comment, send us a DM, hit us up in the email. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. 
Uh, <laughs> I love that this turns turned into like a broy uh, sports radio station. Sometimes all of a the broness has to come out of you. Mm, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, <laughs> hard pass. Uh, <laughs> touchdown. Anyway, this interview with Olivia is great. Olivia is so fucking creative. She is an artiste. And one of the things that you'll hear in this interview is us telling her that over and over again because she's one of those people that has a, a she has a hard time because for a long part of her life she did not identify herself as a creative. And now that she has this business, this flourishing business that celebrates her art, it's harder for her to not identify that way. And in this interview, we kind of push that button a few times. If we push that, you're a creative, deal with it button. You're one of us now, Olivia. <laughs> what are some other highlights from the episode that you liked, Cal? She talked about the failures that she's had mm-hmm. and so many people can relate to it. And I appreciate that she's so open about it because a lot of people don't want to admit or talk about that they might have some sort of anxiety and the fact that she really has the passion and drive to overcome some of these things so that she can be better at, for her business. And that is something that I, that, that says a lot about her. So, Yeah, and one of the things Olivia mentioned that she pushed through on is her anxieties. In general, she has social anxiety and being a business owner that has to interact with people on a regular basis, how that's affected her and how she's overcome that. I think it's really interesting. If you are hesitating to start something because you feel like your social anxiety will hold you back, listen to this episode for sure. And this is a shout out to all the single mamas out there running their own business on top of all of the other things, figuring out all the business paperwork crap. We talk about that a little bit. On top of raising a human being to be a decent person. I mean, Yeah, and that's that's a a full-time job in itself. And she has her own business and she's just killing it. So Anyway, we love you, Olivia. And we we love love this episode. We're so excited for you to be our first I guess our first (laughs) non-us episode. Uh, So our first interview with an artist outside of Kelly and myself. Mm -hmm. One of many to come. I hope you all enjoy it. Mm -hmm. There you go. So Olivia. Yes. Thanks so much for joining (laughs) us. Thanks for having me. He loves you. Did you know? I I did after you did my logo for me. So yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that kind of starts our friendship. It does. I mean... I, so how we know each other is Olivia's sister and I worked together many moons ago. Many moons ago. Um, and then tell everybody what you do. Like, what's your medium? Um, I have a bake shop business right out of my house and I specialize in decorated sugar cookies. So the ones that look like things. Yeah. <laughs> that are and, actual art and on a look cookie. look amazing. <laughs> they don't you. just look like things. They look amazing. Yeah. Olivia also showed up with cookies that are of a my artwork and things I love, and <laughs> I am I I will post a picture. They blown were really, away. They were really so fun to gorgeous do. and just thoughtful. You're very, you're a very thoughtful, caring person. You could tell like, mm-hmm. you got all the things I really love in that. Box. They were fun to do. I stalked your Instagram page hard. Mm. <laughs> it was like a deep dive. I went up at Kelly's from it. <laughs> it was a deep dive into it. But it was fun to do something different. Do you like that you get to, with what you do, obviously it's something edible and something fun, but it's also something personal for people. And do you feel that like when people get these kind of personalized things, they feel that like... I do. I think, I remember early on I heard somebody talk about being a part of memories, uh, baked goods. They're part of your memory, your childhood, or your, you always remember your wedding cake and Mm -hmm. 
I remember thinking that was really silly because you eat it. You just eat it. You don't pay attention to the wedding cake. You eat the wedding cake. Yeah. Right. And with the cookies, I've realized people don't want to eat them because they like them so much. That's which so that's cool. It's great to hear. Yes. Like, I have customers that have frozen them. Really? One lady kept it on her shelf. She's a photographer and she has it on her shelf in her studio. I mean, that wow. thing's got to be fossilized. That's a by compliment. Now. <laughs> but it's nice. You know, it's nice. Yeah. And it. I've done sets for people for a birth announcement, a baby shower, a baptism, her first birthday, her second birthday. And just to just be able to be a part of her memories is cool. Yeah, like all of her memories. All of her memories. <laughs> That's all of so the memories. Cool. So, okay, the primary part of your business now is decorated cookies, even yes. though you do a lot of amazing pastries. You're an amazing pastry chef. Thank you. <laughs> your scones changed my opinion on scones. <laughs> Those scones are... I mean, I don't want to say life-changing, but if you're a scone I'll say eater... It. They're life-changing. They are way different than other people's scones. And it took a long time to get that recipe. Well, guard it with your life. I have. Different I have. than a typical dry scone. It's no, not, they're not it's, dry. I tell people it's a cross between a scone and a sugar cookie. <gasps> it's Ooh. a real um, cow. Prior to the cookies, they were my bread and butter. I mean, I could seriously go on and on about all the crap and I can add scones. I'm really sorry for everybody listening, but these are only available in Southern California. In the, like, Fresno Clovis In the Fresno Clovis area. area. They do not ship with my licensing. <laughs> so, sorry about it. You can look at all the beautiful you cookies. You can look at them. But or you, you can have fly to, over here. Yeah, and... you have to make your way over to I the mean, Fresno. I mean, I do it. I go on bakery tours all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad day. That is not a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay, so wait, I was, I was going somewhere with this. We were just having a conversation about how you don't necessarily identify as a creative or that you didn't. Oh, yeah, most time. definitely. So, like, how do you justify <laughs> I don't... how beautiful your cookies are and the amount of detail work and, I think, creativity in every freaking form versus saying that you're not a creative? I don't really know if there's, like, a logical reason behind it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I look at other people's artwork, painting, photography, writing, and I consider them to be pieces of art and creative people. I do know I put a lot into each freaking cookie. Hell yes. Mm-hmm. And I try it. really hard to not make them look like everybody else's cookie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are, t- are trends. Mm-hmm. I want to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are trends there you see, and I try really hard to not be part of those trends. Like recreate the same Pinterest cookie over yeah. and over and over. I mean, I've seen a lot of rings with an exuberant amount of florals on it, yeah. and I try really hard to not offer that cookie. But I don't say it's like a creative thing that keeps me that helps me do that. Whereas other people may. Yeah, I mean, I see it as like, even in just the sense that you were saying, like, you don't copy other people's designs, you're always going to change it up and do it yourself. Like, that to me is a mantra of an artist. Like, you're taking inspiration, but you're making your own version of it. Maybe I need to change my definition of it. Yes, that's why I brought this back up, because I'm challenging you on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) I need it. I need to. It'd be nice, because I don't really categorize myself under anything. It'd be nice to fall under that category. I well, <laughs> guess what? You're part of this podcast, so you're there. You're on the yes. category now. I'm in. <laughs> you're in. <laughs> and you've had a lot of personal struggles, like we talked about, with anxiety and things. And like, yes. How has that affected you as a business owner? And It was so rough. I have really bad social anxiety, especially when it comes to talking to people. Mm-hmm. And having a business where I actually have to talk to every single person that places an order was really really hard for me and it's it's been a a hurdle but it's also been really good because it's forced me to take steps 
to come over my anxiety mm-hmm. with the business, which has flooded over to my personal life. Wow. Like you said, you took some classes and stuff. Right? I did. I've taken socialization classes. I went through NLP training and it's helped. I've come to a point where I can socialize and talk to customers without having panic attacks. And I've also realized it's still not my preference though. Yeah. And I mean, even when I first asked you to do the podcast, you were a little apprehensive. When you asked, I was like, of course, Sydney, of course I'll do it. And then I had like a full on panic attack at the table with my family (laughs) (laughs) and everyone was laughing at me. (laughs) Obviously I said yes, but There was like a month full of panic until I got to the door. (laughs) Well, I love that you push yourself to get past those blockages. I really try with the business. And I also worked on it because I didn't... One day my son mimicked something I said about being around other people. Mm -hmm. And that's not Mm -hmm. his personality. Mm -hmm. So I realized he was getting it off my vibes and I don't want that for him. The people that I push myself out of my bubble with... Like, Stevie, when you asked if it had been someone else, like, randomly be like, you want to do a podcast? It'd be like, hell to the Mm. no. (laughs) I have to wash my hair that day. (laughs) But it helps if I pick people that I know I'll be comfortable with Mm -hmm. to a certain extent. And I I feel like you being this creative entrepreneur and creating something out of nothing, literally, building this business up and pushing yourself to go out there and market it and be on podcasts and be social and stuff is Probably super inspiring for your son. I hope so. Mm -hmm. And I think seeing me having to step out of my bubble is beneficial to him. And he's willing to try other things. And that's been really nice to see him come into his own earlier in life as opposed to me having to do it at 35, 37. That was two years ago when I started. (laughs) (laughs) But in two years, you've created this business. Yes. And you were just sharing with us earlier, you are now at the point where you are fully booked up for your week. I am, and I'm booked up about a couple months in advance, which is big for wow, me. Wow, that's so impressive. That's when so I, impressive. Thanks. When I started, it was really like a hustle mm-hmm. to have a full week. Mm-hmm. And it gives you a lot of anxiety, too, to not have a full week. Mm-hmm. And I want to say about six months ago was when people started booking like two months in advance, and that's Wow. You kind of hit your turning point where, I hit you my know, turning I feel like point. every business owner, small business owner will like... Um, hit a point where it like almost tips and then yes. it like it, it snowballs which and is kind of cool. And it snowballed over the holidays. Mm. I did this one cookie that was a human heart and I felt so good about myself after that cookie. Mm-hmm. I created it. I thought of it on my own. I implemented mm-hmm. it. The customer was happy and after that I felt like a confidence that tipped me and then all of a sudden I had more referrals and I had people booking further in advance yes. which was really great for my confidence but like you said it's the tipping point it was a tipping point of one cookie that snowballed right and it was it was a good week (laughs) yeah I mean it sounds like it's been a good year it has been a very Mm -hmm. good year my referral rate is huge right now (gasps) that's and that's huge for me yeah that speaks volumes to how much people love what you do I hope so, because you only share the names of people that you were willing to, sh- like, yeah. willing yeah. to. You yeah. either complain about someone, yeah. or you love them. Yeah. And the fact that m- most of my referrals, I counted them one week, almost 80% that week was a referral. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not something that I feel like most people experience in their first couple years of business. You hit a niche with customers, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, they just share and share and share mm-hmm. and share. And prior to that, there was no sharing. I see other cookie people on Instagram, and they have tagged cookies left and right. And mm-hmm. those are not my customers. My mm-hmm. customers yeah. don't share on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh my gosh, are they not liking it? But the referral really 
It was like validation. Yeah. It was like getting like first place award. I was like, oh my right? gosh. <laughs> Who me? Oh, I can't. I'd like to thank all the little cookies I that know. brought me here. <laughs> Speaking yes. of all the little cookies that brought you here, you were telling us about your first cookie before. We it can... was a shit show. Yeah. I had not intended on making decorated sugar cookies. They are a lot of work. Yeah. They are a lot of work and like you said earlier, I do not consider myself a creative person. So I wanted to stick with muffins and breads. And I took on some ice cream cones for a repeat customer. And at the time, it was the best freaking ice cream cone I've ever made. Mm-hmm. And I went back and started to look back on my older cookies. And oh my gosh, it was so not a great ice cream cone. <laughs> yeah, well, you were saying, so you just made these, you made um, these beer can cookies, right? I did. And you thought they were shit. I thought they were shit. And in hindsight... They were not, but it was a logo cookie and I made two different brands and I finished them and all I could do was stare at them. I just stared at them for about an hour, pointing out every single little thing that was wrong. Artists. The A didn't match. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're, you're definitely so, in the you're an category. <laughs> every, the texture, the coloring, the lettering, all of it was bad. And I felt, I didn't even want to share them on Instagram. I stayed up till three in the morning working on these cookies and I just hated them. And then the customer came to pick them up and she was gushing about how beautiful they were and her husband was going to love them. And I realized that I was comparing my cookies in my mind to other people's cookies mm-hmm. who had been at it a much longer. So I, on purpose, went back and looked at that ice cream cone and I saw how far i come. And a year ago, I would have not have even attempted to make a logo cookie. I wouldn't have, I would have said hard no, hard no. Well, you've. You've probably had to do a ton of trial and error with decorating to learn. So much trial and error. Do you find a lot, because you're self-taught, right? Yes, self-taught. So do you find a lot of information online or YouTube or? Uh, YouTube, mm-hmm. Instagram, those little 50 or 30 second videos back then were the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when I have an order and I want to try something new, I'll keep some extras and just try sam- to sample things on my own to see if it's something I can even try. I tried hand painting cookies. That shit's hard. Yeah. It's one of those things where you see it on Instagram and she whips it out in like 30 seconds and you're like, oh my gosh, you can do that. You can't do that. (laughs) Not Not your first time. time. (laughs) Not your first time. It took a couple months of trying to work with some vodka and food coloring to get it painted on a cookie. How did you get into baking in the first place? Was this like a, you were always baking growing up as a child or this is like a new thing in Um, your adult life? It was a new thing in my adult life. I didn't bake anything except, like, pot brownies in high school. (laughs) It was probably um, for my son's first birthday. I saw, I think Pinterest had just come out then, and it was huge. And I saw these little cupcakes, and it had a little present on top made out of a Starburst. Mm. And so for my son's first birthday, I was like, I'm going to make this cupcake. I can bake this cupcake. And I did. I made that cupcake. But after that, I started baking stuff, and I started finding other things I could make. So it was like make, baking for your son. It was then. baking for my son. Mm, yeah. Okay. And then eventually, people start telling you how good something is, mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. like, you kind of absorb the compliments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, I can do this, and I'm mm-hmm. good at it, and they want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it propelled forward to like taking desserts to Sunday dinners and making kids' birthday cakes mm-hmm. for nieces and nephews, and and then it, it became a- very much a passion. Yeah. It's my favorite thing to do now. When I made, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. that feeling. And I've had that feeling when people mm-hmm. make stuff for me, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a, a joyful like, feeling to give someone and it's a joyful feeling to have. It's the, I think the equivalent of like getting a handwritten card as opposed to like 
a text yes. that's like HBD, happy birthday. Yeah, yes. you know, it like, is that the it's care like that went into it for you. You can tell the amount of work that goes so into what work. you do. Like the set for you that I just did, mm-hmm. it was nice to do a set every once in a while, and I don't do it very often anymore. That's not a paid cookie. It's just me wanting to give something really nice to someone who has been really nice to me, you know, or has mm-hmm. done something thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And that's a good feeling to do. Yeah. To get fulfilled from your career or income source or whatever it is. Yeah. That's like the ultimate goal. It really yeah. is the ultimate you know, goal. You are living goals. I am living goals. <laughs> Hashtag goals. Tired, tired yes. goals. <laughs> tired, goals. When you're tired, tired, or having a tough day, what motivates you? My Son is a big thing for me as a single parent. I like to let him see the failure. Yeah. Because it's good for him to see when I get past that, that I keep yes. going. We have a thing in our family. <laughs> um, if you're not good at it at first, sometimes, oh my God, I'm just not good at it. And unfortunately, my son sometimes picks up on that. If, oh, I didn't do well at this, so I'm just not good at mm-hmm. it. And that's not the case. You just haven't practiced it yet. Yeah. And I like for him. I wish I could, I'm gonna take this recording and play it back to you <laughs> because literally exactly what you were talking about earlier when you're like, I can't draw. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna play this for you. <laughs> so if there's a, a young creative person or a person that thinks they're not creative, maybe <laughs> out there that's listening to this, maybe they don't know what their creative passion is or feel like they're not, but they would like to explore that. Like, mm-hmm. do you have any advice? When I first started, I had a lot of guilt. It was early on. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no choice without my own voice to just not copy what they were doing, but take heavily influenced from it and also credit them is important. Sure. Accrediting is very important. But I I think it's important for artists to copy things. I'm going to just say that. It's not a popular opinion. But I think with people that are just starting out, like, how else are you going to learn? How else did... I mean, I learned from comic books and tracing comic books. I mean, and the guilt I felt with that was unnecessary. I, and I would also, I thought I was going to make muffins and cakes, muffins and breads and scones forever. Mm-hmm. And I was a hard no on cookies. And I love cookies. That's all I make now. <laughs> so not putting your, not to feel guilt and don't put yourself in the bubble. I love really that. just follow where that weird path will take you. Do you have a dream client that you would love to work for? I'm going to work on a set for this. She's on a single mom and we've been living in an apartment and I can, we just moved into a house and we can finally adopt a rescue dog. And she goes, whatever you want to do. And so my mind is like overflowed with cookies uh, to announce to the little girl that she's going to get a rescue dog. My heart. <laughs> I know it broke. It just squeezed clients like that. Can you tell us about a time in your creative journey? Because you're creative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna keep your next pin. Throwing that at you, beat it into you. Um, is there? Tell us about a time that you felt like a failure or an imposter from oh what you were doing. So many times. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first time I felt like a failure was years ago. I was making a cheesecake for something, and it was really late at night, and. I don't know if you've ever made a cheesecake, but if you flip it too soon, that thing will explode and just melt like butter if the cheese has not set. And it was two o'clock in the morning and I had just finished this cheesecake and I flipped it and the damn thing exploded all over the kitchen counter. 
it just melted. It was it was in slow motion. I'm just imagining uh, this like, right yeah. now. Imagine like, the two o'clock flashing in the background <laughs> and the cheesecake oh, just God. exploding on the counter. And I lost my shit. When was, was it due? Was it like It was that, the next I needed that. it the next morning. Like like eight o'clock the next morning. I was just like sobbing over this cheesecake. And I went across the street at two thirty in the morning and bought all the ingredients again and I made the cheesecake and I had no sleep that night, but it was done on time. And I realized, oh my god, it is just a freaking cheesecake. Yes. <laughs> it is just a cheesecake. I think so often we forget that. Like, we forget that things, nobody's going to die. Yeah. That's my test, die. usually, yeah. is like, mm-hmm. I'm stressing out over something, and I'm like, is anybody going to die Nobody's going to die. It's a no. cheesecake. Yeah. That was my first failure. It was also a really good lesson for me, because now with cookies, I'll be like, it's just a cookie. Yeah. I know this person's paying three fifty for a cookie, sure. but it's just a cookie. It's just mm-hmm. a at cookie. the end of the day, mm-hmm. someone's gonna eat it and not even probably look at it some mm-hmm. of the times. I also uh, botched some stuff on some paperwork recently, and that was rough because the paperwork that goes with the business is hard, and I'm BSing my way through it. Mm-hmm. And I missed some stuff for some permits, and it put me back on some mm. like I wasn't able to sell for like a week or so. I wish there was just. A place that would literally tell you what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Like, wake up this morning. You need to file this paperwork. You need to fill out this mm-hmm. form. You need to have mm-hmm. this done. Mm-hmm. And then once that's done, this is what you have to do the next mm-hmm. day. Because I don't know. How did you How did you learn about the business side of stuff, too? About, like, the paperwork stuff when you were starting out? There was one woman, when I started selling for... Um, she asked to start selling my baked goods in her restaurant. She was really clear. She goes, you need this paperwork. And I was like, oh, Okay. Okay, so then I got the paperwork done, and I got what I needed done, and she was really helpful. And the rest, people are like, just call your county office. It's not that easy, though. No. It's not that easy. I just want to be like, I want somebody to be like, sign here. Yes. (laughs) Or if I could hire someone out, I'd pay the money, Yeah. you can just tell me what I have to do. Maybe we can, like, get a couple people together that all have our small businesses, and maybe just like a... Get a group business they need manager. Like a hub. Yeah. yeah, just do it for yeah. us. Yeah. yeah, I'll pay you in cookies. If anyone's listening, <laughs> I will pay you in cookies and scones. And I'll pay you in love. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of love, yes. What are some things that you're loving right now? Anything like oh TV, God. movies, podcasts? I watch a lot of TV when I bake, like binge watch mm-hmm. TV. I just mm-hmm. came off Grace and Frankie off Netflix. Love it. Great show. Binge watched yeah. all of it. Obviously, I watch a lot of Golden Girls. Yes. I uh, My first love was James Dean. Uh-huh. Love James Dean. So I was watching Rebel Without a Cause the other day when I was baking. Some Gene Kelly movies. And then stupid some stuff. Old, some good oldies. Some good yeah. oldies. Vintage. And then, you know, baseball. Just as great. I, all my son to the classics. <laughs> And then I started listening to Dak Shepard's podcast. Mm-hmm. I have too. Yeah. Yep. He, it's just really fun and relaxing. and It's very casual. Very casual. Super casual. It's just really fun. My yeah. sister listens to a lot of the murder ones. Yeah. And I've tried to, but I have to pay attention really clearly mm-hmm. or I'll miss something. And I have the attention span of a gnat, so that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> if you were handed $50 million right now, what would you do with it? I would first take me and my son to Australia. Cool. Oh, my God. I know other people want to go to, like, Spain and Italy. I really just want to go to, like, Fiji and see the turtles and Australia. Cool. Mm-hmm. I would donate that's, a bunch of money. Yeah. I, that's so much money, I feel like you would have to donate some Yeah, money. yeah. What, what are some it. causes you would 
oh wow, um, immigration. Mm-hmm. I wish there was like a cause that you could just to not treat people like assholes. Mm. I love that cause. That's if there's right. a cause, like yes. just don't be an asshole. Yeah, I love that cause. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Yeah, I would easy. donate so much money to that. Yeah, take forty nine million. So, so take forty nine million and just teach your children and yourself to not be a dick. That would be a good one. We're gonna start an empathy charity where we there just needs teach to be an empathy, empathy charity. So one thing that I'd love to end on is something that we talked about earlier, and you told me about your like picture the five minutes after yeah. rule, and I'd love to talk about that. That has been life changing for me. I went to this NLP training, which was neuro-linguistic programming. It was really out of my box, and it was really a lot of feelings. But one of the main things I got from it was my anxiety is really, really high. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, oh, I just don't like being in crowds. I mean, I would have panic attacks having to go into my son's PTC meeting, any a family event even. I would have it. It was really rough. So they did this thing where you close your eyes, and you picture yourself five minutes past what it is that you're having anxiety going over. So this podcast, let's say. And you picture how you feel five minutes after it. So I feel calmer. You feel the accomplishment of having to do whatever it is that you were so nervous to do. And the feelings, the calmness kind of runs over you. Sometimes I do worst case scenario. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen, you know? Mm-hmm. And I survived it. But really, it's that calmness that kind of takes over your body. And then you open your eyes, and you really are just calm. And it doesn't take away all of the anxiety. But I'm able to do it in my mind, get up, go do my event, and have that calmness, like, underline everything else that's happening. And it really was, like, it's life-changing. It Mm -hmm. helps, and I do it now without even knowing I'm doing it. I'm driving somewhere. And I get well, there. that's a good sign that it's worked. Yeah. And that yeah. you've It is. It's just absorbed it. I don't I don't know. It just changed my life. And it's so great with customers because that is my biggest hurdle. Mm-hmm. Is having to deal with people one on one. And that I don't necessarily need to be a social butterfly with a business. And I thought I had to. Mm-hmm. And I've come up with ways that's around a, that that's to huge. find a balance. I think that's huge for so many people. That wanna wanna start something but feel like that part of them like won't let it happen. Yeah. Like it's been... to hear from somebody else that has gone through that, I think that's huge. Like, and you're saying, like, I'm still living with this anxiety. It's oh, not something yeah. that's gone away. Definitely but not. I'm working with it. And mm-hmm. I've learned like small little tricks away from it. Like I have a cookie crate I keep in front of the house for people to pick up their cookies. So I don't necessarily have to talk to them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> And I've also learned people don't always want to talk to me all the time. They really just want to pick up their stuff Mm -hmm. and go sometimes. Mm -hmm. So there have been small things, but it's an ongoing thing. I would like to find a happy medium that I can find where I maybe don't have to interact with so many people. So I'm uncomfortable all the time and I still get to enjoy what I do. Mm -hmm. I think you're doing it. I think you're finding that balance. I mean, I see too, like you started kind of not often, but every once in a while you'll post a picture of yourself even online and like. (laughs) say, like, some things about you and, like, fun facts or something. And that's, I think, like, you finding that balance of, like, you're kind of containing the, like, here's our interaction for today. Like, here's the information. Get to know me on your own. Yes. (laughs) Pretty much. That's how it works. I do, I have realized, though, when I share more about myself, I get more interaction on my social media page. Totally. People love, I mean, especially something like this where, again, like, you're having a very personal connection with people. They do. They're 
Like they want to know you. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else you want to share before we wrap up? I wish someone had told me that all those failures, epic, epic failures, are totally normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank and you. inevitable. And inevitable. They really are normal. And as good as my, like, if other people were to look at my skill set, I've started to get people asking me for advice. Yeah. Which has been really nice. That must yeah. feel great. And it's a good feeling. Yeah. Like, you don't want it to be, like... It's superficial, but it's a good feeling. Well, I think with anything that you put a lot of time into practicing and, like, getting better at, like, mm-hmm. there's there's always going to be people better than you and worse than you, you know, yes. in any field or any creative medium. And so, like, you kind of get to see yourself climbing that ladder a little bit and, like, yeah. becoming the inspiration for other people, which is it's, awesome. It's fun. I'm so, 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 so glad. This conversation was yeah. one of my faves, okay. for sure. Like This I, was really fun. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. And if people want to find you, where do they look for you? Um, on Instagram, the 350BigShop. And make sure to use the word the, because people leave it off all the time. Mm-hmm. That's important. <laughs> yep. The, T-H-E, and then the T-H-E. number, the number 350BigShop. Big shop. And then you'll see Stevie's logo that he made for me. Yay! Yes. Which is my favorite thing, because it matches me personally. Clean and it's like vintagey looking. I did not know that you did her logo. Yeah, you didn't even mention that to me. Sent my sister Selena. She just like, oh, maybe Stevie can. And Diddy sent me all these like questionnaires. He's good at that. It's my favorite. I'm glad that you. Yeah. I mean, taken it and ran with it. Oh yeah. And I am gonna post all the pictures of these cookies that you just brought. Oh good. And I want to try one. Oh, you should. I just changed the recipe a little so they have hints of lemon in them. They're really yummy. Okay. All right, well, we got to go now. We're going to go okay. now. We're going to so, get some. So. Thanks for listening. If you liked this, please share it with a friend. The best way for us to get this out here is word of mouth, and we really rely on all of you to do so. So if you liked this, if you thought it could be helpful for someone, if someone is starting a business or trying to push themselves to identify as being the creative that you know they are, send them this episode. Yes. We would love to have more people listen to it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Always. Until everyone hears it. We want to be the Beyonce of podcasts. Anyway. You never know. Dream big. (laughs) And remember that Stevie loves you. Bye. 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 Is that a microphone? Yeah. This. I thought it was a bong. (laughs) (laughs) That's the after party.